0: The question I want to ask you this afternoon, and then we're going to answer it together, why do we exist? Why do we exist? I don't think it's only to sit at the feet of Jesus. I think there's more to it than that. Is it you, Gary, or is it a demon? If you tell me which one it is, I'll sort it out. <laughs> Thanks for being patient, guys. So, what is our purpose? When when I was growing up, I don't know. I, I had this thing about breeding animals. I bred hamsters. I bred guinea pigs. I bred rabbits. Uh, I bred birds. Every kind of bird you can think of: uh, canaries, budgies, lovebirds, ringneck parrots. Or even. I even started to breed uh, African gray parrots, but then we got moved to Null Sprites, So I actually gave them away. I only found out what they cost later on. Otherwise, I wouldn't have given them away. I sold them. But something, and I think the very first time I spoke in this congregation, I spoke about what do you see when you see a hamster on a wheel? It's it's running like crazy, but it's not getting anywhere. Don't we find a lot of ourselves doing that as well? We 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 just the life we live. It's and and God has actually in, in, called us to enjoy our life, to to live life to the full. That's what the word says in John ten ten. But we a lot of us are just hanging in here, and we're hoping that one day we'll just slip to heaven. That's for me. That's not a life that's worth living. I want to live my life for Jesus. I want to make the biggest impact that I can make for Jesus. I want to. I want to know when I leave this place that I've uh, I've done everything I can do to love Jesus, and that means worshiping, it means speaking to people about Jesus, it means all those things. But I, I don't want to be on a wheel, I don't want to be in a hamster wheel, just running. Have you seen a hamster do that? Same, it's actually cruel I think. Because you know many of us sit around and complain about what's going on in the world. Oh this over there and that over there and uh, I, I want to tell you, we live in Cape Town. All of us. I want to tell you guys, this is like the promised land. I want to tell you. I travel a bit, so I go to uh, KwaZulu-Natal. It's the only province with a surname, KwaZulu-Natal. And then you've got Gauteng, and you've got Mapumalanga, and you got all these provinces. They are in a terrible state, guys. When you're driving down the road, and it looks like a pothole, and you see two ears. You think, oh, that's a rabbit. But when you hit it, it's actually a donkey. It's ridiculous how those provinces have been allowed to get into the state that they were. When I lived in, well, it wasn't KwaZulu-Natal when I lived there, it was Natal. That was a wonderful place to stay. Really, it was. Then we moved to Nelspruit, Mopumalanga. That was... I still said to So when I die, and I get cremated, I hope you guys believe in that, but anyway. Uh, when I get cremated, I want you to take my ashes back to the Kruger National Park. That is a place that I love. There's so much peace. There's so much, uh, you just, I just sense the presence of God in those times that I spent there. And you know what, we, instead of complaining, we should be, wow, these are end times. We're living in the times when Jesus could return. Maybe after me, because I'm a whole lot older than you, but many of you have a big opportunity for Jesus to return in your, life, in your lifetime. You agree? Do you think Jesus could come back in your, in your life on earth? I'm trusting for me, but I've got less than you. I said to Betty, if I make 80, then after 80 is bonus time, extra time. But 80, I'm happy. I've still got about 20 years. But we, 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 we need to begin to look and see and see what God is doing. And don't become crazy and start to predict things and give dates and give times. No, just begin to, to ask God, God, how can I be a part of what you're doing? In Joel two twenty eight it says, And afterwards, I will pour out my spirits on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirits. I will pour out my spirit on all people, all. If you will open your heart, if you close your heart, you, you won't be a part of what God is doing. You need to open your heart. That same scripture is, is repeated in the book of Acts. And you need to know that God has a plan and purpose for each one of us. And it's not the same. Every one of us has a different purpose. God is calling you to that purpose, and God is expecting you to, to be able to work that purpose out in your life. So what are you doing with your life? I just I, I was preparing this week, and the Lord gave me this scripture. I thought, it was, hey, this, is, this is cool. I'm going to use this. So it's Acts 17 and verses 6 to 9. What are you going to do with your life? When they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here, and Jason has welcomed them into his house. So imagine if your purpose is to cause trouble. Your purpose is to cause trouble. We caused trouble for Coral today. You can see he's never done this before. It was like trouble. When I walked in here sitting outside there, I could see you. But you know what? He did it. He did it. We, the things that challenge us, we need to do those things. I actually felt God say to me, tell your Henry to get Coral to do it. So he thinks I'm a good guy. He thinks Andre's a bad guy. <laughs> But you know what? We need to be those causing trouble. When you begin to speak about Jesus, no matter where you find yourself, you will begin to see trouble. You see here, these guys, it says, they're all defying Caesar's decrees, saying that there's another one king called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. You, can you just see what's going on? And they made Jason and the others postpone and let them go. Part of your problem. Come on. Next week, we're going to have a line of those giving testimony. I caused trouble this week. This is what I did. And I don't want it to be your husband or wife that you caused trouble. I want it to be... Those that don't know Jesus, because that's who they were causing trouble with. They were causing trouble with people who didn't understand that actually Jesus is our king. He is our king. They couldn't handle that. And so they caused trouble. For me, it sounds like fun, but let's go for it. I've had so many of those instances in my life. One day I'll give a whole testimony of those things. So why do we exist? Let's look at Matthew 22 and verses 37 to 40. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord with all your heart. when we are standing in the front, you're all standing around. You don't have to be in the front. Uh, when you're standing, you're lifting your hands, you're worshiping, you, you're lifting your head, as Yohandre said, and you're worshiping God. That is loving God. When we worship, we are loving God. That is the time we worship. Do you know the Jewish people, when, when they went through a really bad time, and they would do the repentance thing and sackcloth and ashes, And then what they would do was they would call them out and they would tell them to stand and they'd put their hand under their chin and they'd lift their head and they'd say, see your God. See your God. And we need to be those that see our God. God wants to restore our passion for Him. This week I had the wonderful news that my youngest son, The splitting with his wife. Yeah. He's splitting from his wife, and he's probably gonna get divorced. They've been married two years, man, or three years. It's nothing. Not born again, used to serve the Lord with passion, used to lead worship, was a wonderful musician, a good sportsman, every he had everything going for him that could go for him. And then he just spun out to this stage in his life and he's he, he said i'm leaving church i'm not coming back to church i haven't had a revelation of who jesus christ is when we have a revelation of jesus we worship that's what, that is why we worship so he's they they decided like he was not emotional i think i was more me and patty were more emotional than him like, no no we've decided we're gonna split up and so we've told him come stay with us for at least a month <laughs> he's already he knows he knows let me tell you when I was married for two or three years we had an horrific marriage. It wasn't good. Not horrific. It just was a really bad marriage. Not horrific. It's a bit... Sorry, babe. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> Men, you don't say that. <laughs> Especially when she thinks it was a good marriage. No, she knew it wasn't a good marriage. I can't you that much. And so we could have just stopped being Married as well. But you know what? We had Jesus in our life. The difference between my son and us is we had Jesus. The first seven years of our marriage was difficult. It's amazing. At, at about seven years, we had the church that we were going to, the pastor one day, our, our, we were having an argument at home like we normally were, and there was this knock on the door. He said, you and you, in my office on Friday at 3 o'clock. Whoa, okay. Because I, I thought I had it all together. I had a really good job. I was earning a really lot of money. I hey, said, so here's the handmark." I was leading a a community, a home group. That's what we called them back then. I, I I was on my way to becoming an elder. And yet I had a marriage that was terrible. Terrible. And so he called me into his office and he became not my best friend. He was like my dad. Because my dad died when I was very young. Well, not very young. I was 20. It was before my 21st he died. And uh, so we went down there. And for six months, we went there every Friday. And then Patchy stopped. But I had to go for another six months. I didn't think that was fair. He was saying, come, let's have a cup of coffee. I thought That's where I think Josh Jen got it from. But anyway he just he just spoke into my life things broke things opened up but what is passion L- passion is not love is not only obedience because we also you know obedience is god's love language but if there's no passion at the end of the day Obedience without passion for God is not love. You know, when you when you're doing all the rules and regulations and you and you're just uh trying to be the person that you believe you should be, when that fails, you walk away from God. And now I believe that's what happened with my son when he was younger. You know what we have to what we need to look at, and I, I haven't put the scripture. 1 John 4 19, it says. We love him because he first loved me. And that's what we were singing tonight. He was singing to us, you are my treasure. You've got to realize you are God's treasure. The second part of why we exist. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know what I've seen in the church? I see people that serve... Become committed, there all the time. Always ready to help. Whereas those that don't, they struggle with with commitment, and they they just don't. Uh, uh, and and for me, it's a, it's a thing of loving your neighbour. You know what? Are you loving the person that you sit next to at work? Are you? looking for opportunities to speak to people about the love of Christ. And you know what? It mustn't be a driven thing. It's when you spend time in, 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 the, in the presence of Jesus, people just sense that love. So people don't often sense it with me. So I tell them I'm a pastor, and they're, oh, then I, then I can get my way in there. But as I've, as I've got older, and I've become more of a father than a brother, people, they generally, um, I'm, I've become quite a soft person. I was really hard when I was younger. I really was. But you know what? We, we, have, to, we have to love people, man. We, do you love people? If, if you don't love people, are you sure you're saved? Because this is God's creation. He's put us together. Do you love one another? Go make disciples. How will people hear if we don't tell them? And you know what? It's not always with words. Sometimes it's the way we live. People look and they say, wow, there's something different about that person. And then they ask you, so what's different about you? And don't tell them you're a vegetarian. Tell them you're a Christian. Scripture, Matthew 28 and verse 18. Just have a look at the scripture. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's Jesus talking. So he's got the authority. Then he says, but you go. We don't have the authority. He has it. But he says to us, go. Therefore, go and make disciples, Yes, this word again, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey. That says everything, but you can put all in there, all that I have commanded you. So it's all authority, all nations, all, obey all. And and this is a command. I don't know, how many of you guys are old enough to have done army training, defense force training? Jeez, I'm the only guy here. I saw that hand there, I saw that hand there, and I saw that hand there. But let me tell you, a corporal is like the lowest rank in the army, but he chases you from the day that you arrive there. And you don't argue. If he says, go, you go. And it's like that with Jesus. He's saying, guys, you need to go. It's There's authority. He has authority. He says, now you go. We've been given an inheritance. In Psalm 2 and verse 8, it says, ask of me and I'll make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession." Isaiah 6, verse 1 speaks about the time where the Lord's robe fills the temple. And then the Lord says, Who will go? And Isaiah says, I will go. Who's what? Shrek. Pick me, pick me. Pick me. That's what we should be saying. Pick me, Lord. I'm ready to go. Pick me. For me, there's just such a a sense of this afternoon. I I really, with that song that happened, I, I, I really just feel that we need to be those people that are prepared to set aside preference. We don't want what we prefer. We want what we convicted of by the Holy Spirit. I've come to this place while I was on leave where when you lead a congregation and oversee this hub that I'm a part of, we, you're always telling people, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. You need to change that and do that. And I've actually got to the place now, if the Holy Spirit does not convict them, they won't change. And so I will, now it's like, Lord, you convict him. Because you know what? I can't look over your shoulder. If you're looking at pornography, I don't know. But God knows. And he will convict you. His finger will be on your heart. And those things that, that people struggle with, if I can convince them that they need to, Live under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You know, you might think, oh, I'll just, I'll lie. Let me tell you, God sees your lie. Coral told us about the lie. God ended up dead and his wife next to him. We cannot be convicted. We cannot allow ourselves to walk in sin if the Holy Spirit is convicting us. And so when we say, I will go, It means I won't do what I want to do. I'll do what you want me to do, Lord. When we went up to Nelspray to start a church, I was a a mechanical engineer before we went. So I knew nothing about preaching. I preached once or twice in the the local church that I was a part of. And I don't think it was very good. But anyway, uh, they said they've got an opportunity for somebody to go. And Patty and I said, we'll go. It was terrifying. I struggled to speak to strangers. It's changed since then. But how how can you build a church if you can't speak to people you don't know? I remember the first, the first Sunday that I I didn't preach. We just sat in a thing, and me and Patsy still laugh about that day and what I spoke about. It was so, so foolish. <laughs> but, you know, I said, I, I'm a mechanical engineer. I used to tighten nuts and bolts. Now I tighten nuts and bolts in people's head. But you know what? We had to say, we'll give up our job, and I'm not. I'm not putting this out there to make you feel bad. I'm putting it out there for you because I believed the reason I existed was to go and start a church in Niles and I hadn't have a clue of how to do it. And so I went, we went. I went with three little boys. My, my boys were, I think the youngest one was five, four, six, eight. And so every person that came in, we visited with three children. We used to walk in. We'd knock on the door. We'd walk in. The, my, I used to, we taught our children to take their pillow with. They'd just go lay down, put their pillow down and lay down. My youngest son, the one that I was talking now, he used to look for a coffee table because he didn't like the light. So he would duck under the table. Maybe that's the problem. didn't like the light. But you know what? It was so inconvenient. We weren't even offered a salary. We took my pension and we went and started that church. But God was so faithful. Within six months, what we needed as a salary was coming into the church. Six months. And I never, in those first six months, I didn't talk about finances or anything like that. Just when, when you give your heart to people, they will trust you and give to you as well. Are you prepared to be uncomfortable? Are you prepared to say, Lord, send me? I hope you're sitting here this, this afternoon and you're thinking, Lord, I'll go. And you know what? I'm not talking about going to another place. I mean in your workspace wherever you find yourself, I will go and I will be the light of that place. People will know that I love Jesus. So Lindy, I wonder if you'd come up and tinkle the eyes. Well while, while while she's Lindy's going up. just i felt the challenge and i'm sometimes and it's wrong i'm sometimes afraid to put the challenge there because people will back off <coughs> but this afternoon Are you prepared to say, Lord, Yeramah, send me. You know what? It, it may start with you getting your financial life in order so that you're able to go. You can't go if you don't have the resources to go or getting yourself ready because God uses you in the situation that you find yourself. I wonder if we could just bow our heads. To To be a person that is convicted by the Holy Spirit and not living a life of preference, you have to have the Holy Spirit in your life. And for him to be in your life, you need to surrender your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Many people surrender their lives as Savior and they say they're saved, but Lord means when he takes over your life and you do what he wants.